Welcome to What Did You Just Watch, the show where we talk about what we just watched. I'm your wholesome know-it-all and resident movie buff, Zach Kuya. And I'm your resident musical theater simp, Emily Coffin. That is accurate, and, um, <laughs> I w- well, normally that's accurate, but see, here's the thing, is today... I know. For the first time, we have a special guest with us on today's episode. Um, we brought our good friend Matthew Briggs with us on today's episode. Matthew, thanks for being here. Hey, absolutely. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Um, the one of the few people that I think could steal the title of musical theater. Yeah, you're right. From you're right. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think I could. But I don't know. We'll, we'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Don't well, steal Jonathan Groff from me and that title in oh, the same I will night. Steal, you get one or the other. I'll take Groff every time. <laughs> every time. Well, speaking of musical theater and Jonathan Groff, uh-huh. um, because it is basically your birthday episode. Yeah. Uh, you. My decided, birthday is in. Four hours. Wow. Mm. Uh, you decided to just really, like, upend our whole system. Yeah, uh, I did. Not only did you bring in a guest, uh, but you said... <laughs> Surprise! You said, let's watch a movie? With yeah. a question mark? Uh, mm. We watched Hamilton this week. We're going to we talk about it, I promise. We'll get into yes. it. <laughs> we watched Hamilton this week. Uh, the recording of the live musical that came out... Um, Disney Plus. You know what I remembered while we were watching this? Also during quarantine. I know. Which was like... It's been so long. Six months ago. Right. It, that's been our life. Wow. A whole year. Mm. And that's why I will be in my 20s until I turn 33. Yep. It's <laughs> only too. fair. All I've, of us. We've all earned it. <laughs> <laughs> we've earned it. We deserve it. Oh, goodness. Ah! I This show, it was one that I was like too cool for school. Um, when people were super into it. Oh, So it took yeah. me a little bit of time to come back around to realize, oh wait, oh no, like it's very good. No, when I was 17, <laughs> this was my life. This was everything in my life. <laughs> when I, The first time I went to New York City, no, the second time, because Hamilton didn't exist the first time I went. The second time I went to New York City, I spent a total of, I think, somewhere between 8 and 12 hours <laughs> Standing outside of the Richard Rogers Theater, um, just waiting, just seeing if anyone would come out because I didn't have tickets, <laughs> I couldn't afford them. No um, but I saw a good chunk of the cast and I met them. Hey, met Anthony Ramos touched my shoulder once. Oh. That happened. What he a said, blessing! Excuse me, babe, mm. can I get by? And I said, ha! I'm gonna <laughs> die, and I never want to wash my shoulder ever again. Ha! <laughs> Sometimes uh, you make sounds on the show, and I look into GarageBand just to see what it looks like. That's the first time it's ever been just a straight-up white rectangle where there is no wave. That was powerful. This is just how I... You act like I don't make these noises when we're not doing this. No, that's the thing, is you do, but... You just don't have a scale for you it. Yeah, you just can't see yeah. what it looks like. I can only hear what it feels like. I'm just a gal with a lot of noises <laughs> in my heart. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, to go from that question back to the original question yeah, that you that? asked, um, I, I would say that now, any time that I hear Lin-Manuel Miranda's name, I feel the same feeling that, like, ugh, that dread of seeing Hamilton that I, that I have when... We when we entered college, oh you know, yeah, like yeah. like I got over the initial hype, and then it was like, oh, I'm all the way down the mountain. I'm down the mountain. And then I <laughs> yeah, just, I felt every that. time I see Lynn, it's just like I go further and further down mm-hmm. the mountain. And then Moana <laughs> happened, and I was like, oh, oh. really? And yeah. it just kind of went downhill from there. But I I still love him and respect right. him. Respect but me at the 
throughout this whole thing. I respect him. I respect him. I respect him. I respect him. It's just like, oh, Hamilton has been stolen by popular culture and like manipulated toward its own. And it's like, no, I want it for me. I want it for me. The fact that it was on Broadway at all means that it was stolen by popular culture. But I feel like we'll get more into that. Yes, it's not like (laughs) that's a deep hole to dig. (laughs) Because we we all went to school together. We all have have theater backgrounds. So I think it's a little bit of the like prejudice in all of us. It's like the good theater stuff Ooh. is I've I earned it. Yes. You guys it's didn't see all the bad theater. Yeah. I should get to enjoy the good you theater. You get the mean most. girls. We get this one. Right. <laughs> I suffered through literature and history, so you can't <laughs> I had to take multiple literature and history of theater classes. I get to have Hamilton for me. Yeah. It's not for TikTok. <laughs> it's for the theater majors. <laughs> oh my god. There's a lot of Hamilton on TikTok. There is I don't think I a like surprising amount. <laughs> I like best of wives and best of yeah women. why did that one get why big is for that a while? the one that they were like i can make a meme out of that the one that i like is the guy that uh edits lines like throughout the show to make a random narrative where it's just yes like, where have you been i'm in the cabinet i'm in the cabinet can you get out no no and it's just him <laughs> dressed as hamilton like in a cabinet in his house and i think that's very funny uh, that yes that was that was good. That's the best uh, part of TikTok is taking songs and editing them to mean yes. other things. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite is every time that uh, somebody edits that uh, Roxanne. Roxanne, I knew you were going to say that. And it's just rocks. And every time rocks. it's rocks. And that's the end. That's the edit. I will laugh at that probably until the day I die. Because uh, it really speaks to me. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> hey, we need to launch into our questions. Yeah, let's do um, it. Matthew, welcome. This is what the show is supposed to be. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our first question is, what's extreme? What's the best or the worst or the fastest or the slowest or the top or the bottom? What's extreme of this show? Fastest and slowest is uh, applicable here because this show goes extremely fast while also going Very a little slow. Yeah. It's like every song in the show is powerfully fast. Yeah. I mean, they it's, it's hip. Yeah. The musical is designed that way. That's that's what it should be. And when I was try, like talking with family members about watching it when it first showed up on Disney+, Plus, a lot of people were going, I just don't think I'm going to understand any of the words. And I said, that's why it's subtitled. subtitled. That's why, yeah, <laughs> you can just go click. You're good. But it's not unreasonable. Like, I can see yeah. my, my grandparents saw it. Uh, in, I don't remember if they saw it in Chicago or here, but they saw it live. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, ooh, yikes. Because they're not going to follow <laughs> no. any of it. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually what I think my grandma said was, once I accepted that I wasn't going to get a lot of the words, I had a great time. <laughs> yeah. And there's value in that. Yeah. Like it's, as, you if can you can still, still enjoy me. something when you don't understand it, that says something about something, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> What what are what are some other extremes that are speaking to us here? Oh gosh, um, is there a good time? No, let's save for let's save that for later. <laughs> let's save Lynn for later. Let's save Lynn for a later time. I'll, I'll um, offer a positive extreme. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, that yeah I, go that go I go. Think. Um, a positive and then um, a specific extreme. But um, on the positive side, since this is a movie, and you could argue there's a downside to this as well, but it felt like 
the Disney Plus version was a consolation to people who have not seen the original cast. Mm -hmm. Um, Because personally, I saw it in Chicago and there was nothing like being in that room. And I think everyone who has seen Hamilton can attest to the fact that when you walk into seeing Hamilton, whether it's at the music hall in Kansas City or it's in Chicago or at the Richard Rodgers in New York, you feel this euphoria that goes over you. Mm -hmm. And you feel that you are, like, your heart is, like, palping with every other soul in there at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you are one, you are one together. And that's what, that's what's so cool about theater. Yeah. Um, But it feels like the Disney Plus version is, yes, it's a powerful extreme for, like, generations to, you know, fully... I guess, realize and, you know, witness the power of the original cast because the people that I know that have seen the original cast, they say is the best theatrical experience that they've ever had. And I understand that. Mind you, for, like, the people who have seen the live show before this version, myself included, Mm -hmm. it felt like this was kind of like, oh... It's a consolation prize. Yeah. Right. You know? As any recorded version of a... Okay. Right. Sure. This is where... I, okay. A lot of people have a lot of opinions about, like, bootleg. Mm-hmm. Watching bootleg. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which this isn't. This is a right. professionally is, recorded mm-hmm. and professionally distributed thing. Right. But let's but talk about it, it. Everybody wants to, like, put bootlegs in such a bad light. Well, they discourage people from going to see the show. A lot of people want to argue I, like, really strongly feel against that because I'm like, in what fucking world does someone watch a bootleg and go, that was good enough? That was enough for Mm -hmm. me. And if someone says that was good enough, they probably weren't going to go see the actual show in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough, right? Because... But for legal reasons, I don't watch bootlegs. No. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not... I ain't never scared. I watched (laughs) a bootleg of Hamilton a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Ew! Um, and then I did also still go see it. Well, I haven't seen it. So. Uh, I have, <laughs> I'm yeah, the Emily's one in this room that hasn't podcast. actually seen, seen it, it in person. Um, I don't generally watch bootleg musicals, but also I just don't have the time. Mm. <laughs> I used to I've a lot only, more than I do now. I've only ever watched a couple. I watched this one a few years ago when it was in New York and just extraordinarily yeah. impossible to go see. And the other one that I watched was a few months ago. I watched uh, Hades Town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And both of those, which for legal reasons you did not send to me. And yeah. I then exactly. Watched. <laughs> I'll be the only. I'll be the only one who's watching. That's okay. Having seen it live in New York um, for the second preview, okay. it was glorious. But uh, aside the point, that kills me. That's worse for me than the fact, than anything about Hamilton. I just but had to say that. I think. For, like, us in this room, it makes sense that it's like, oh, I would watch a bootleg and then still go see the show, right? Yeah. But I understand the trepidation of it being a general public thing that if it, you know, if a bootleg of a show like Hades Town that, mm-hmm. while notable, doesn't necessarily have the following that Hamilton mm-hmm. has, you know, it's not that impossible to go see, go see the ticket prices are exploding through the roof, that kind right. of thing. And if that becomes a more mainstream thing, then it's like, it's going to de-incentivize some people from seeing the show. Now, I would still go see the show, but I also recognize the difference between the recording and the live version of it. Right. And if you're talking about somebody who just has heard that it's good and then sees a bootleg, they're going to go, oh, I've seen it. It's good. And then probably move on with their lives. That's fair. Right. That's fair. So I get why 
I mean, obviously, there's also just copyright and that sort of thing. Yeah, so that, why, like, that is in general not good. I get, like, but the idea shows, that like... bootlegs we should avoid, but something like Town in the middle of a pandemic yeah. or Hamilton when it is impossible to go see Hamilton. It's not so touring. expensive. And yeah. I am not like so staunchly like anti it, but at the same time, I also only really do it with something that I already know I am invested in and will mm-hmm. see if it shows up in front of me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. You don't go seek out a bootleg of something you wouldn't. Right. Unless it is something you want to see. That is something that, you feasibly in your present circumstances, whether it's just that that's not a popular show, like give it like a Natasha Pierre and the Great Common of 1812. That's not coming anywhere it's near not on tour. anywhere yeah. anytime soon. Um, you know, or it's something like Hamilton that's financially maybe not accessible to people or has never been professionally recorded, right. things like that. Like Cats, you can watch that anytime you want. <laughs> the original production, you can watch anytime you yeah. want. There's also that difference between I might spend, you know, whatever to get a Disney Plus subscription for a month and watch Hamilton right? versus I have to go physically to the theater and spend a couple hundred bucks to see Hamilton. Like, right. that's not the same thing. Right. Which then All becomes a conversation say, of, like, more shows need to get professionally recorded right. to make it more accessible to people. And also... If yada, you do yada. make that choice to bootleg a show, you should also patronize it if it comes to a city exactly. near you. Mm-hmm. Yes. You should make that choice. That is the that is where the line is, I think. You mentioned accessibility, and I think a tie into that is also the educational value mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. and the educational value of bootlegs in general. Yes. Per- personally, I am a sole ad- advocate for going to see the live show first. For sure. And then, if you so choose... To find a bootleg, or you just happen to find a bootleg stumble online, upon. stumble upon, <laughs> then I go back and look at it and think about, okay, this is what the director is doing in this moment. This is what the actor is doing. This is what the producer is doing. This mm-hmm. is what the lighting designer, sound designer, you name it. And then you're kind of diving into their brains in a way mm, and kind yeah. of dissecting every little move that they make. Because as people who have studied the craft, you want right. to continually study the craft and dig further into it. And I feel like the closest and most I guess, available form of theater that is available is live professional Broadway musicals. Right. So, of course, we're going to seek out those bootlegs because that's the closest thing that we have to being New York and achieving the dream that most people have. Yeah. But I find the educational value in it. Absolutely. And and you're right. That's like what we can get right here. Like me in Missouri in... The year of our Lord 2020. <laughs> the best I can do right now Oof. is like something that came from Kelsey's camcorder up in the second <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. trying to hide it behind a program so the ushers won't see. Like that's the best I can do right now. And also I know that once theater returns, I have every intention of yes. being one of the first people back at the door because oh, it's, yeah. it's also my world and I just want to support it. Right. And I, I would like to be involved in it too yeah, when it comes I back. I want my right? job back. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be nice, huh? Wouldn't it be cool if we graduated at a time when our career existed? <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. I graduated a week from tomorrow. <laughs> wow, what a blessing. <laughs> in a time where my career quite literally does not exist in basically any form. <laughs> Ain't it a joy. It's a good time. I want to talk about um, another uh, extreme. Please. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that is how extremely um, buttony this show is. Oh, I don't know that that's wow. a word, but um, I've decided to make it one. It is. Now. Just the so much about the writing of this musical is wonderful and beautiful. Yes, it's And great. it's incredibly unique and it has it contains within it so many different styles and I think even like styles of a music like hip hop is not the typical Broadway right. style obviously. At all. <laughs> and it contains these like subgenres of like let's talk East Coast versus West Coast. Right. I mean it's Lauren Hill, it's Nas, it's Biggie, it's Kendrick, like, and all of that is unique within itself, right? So this show, like, finds those little things, too. It, it, it's just, it's written by somebody who clearly understands and loves hip-hop as much as they understand and love theater. Absolutely. But also, every song does end with a big major chord. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're gonna do this whole thing, this, this whole song right here in the middle of Act 2, like... David Diggs as Thomas Jefferson is doing a Kendrick Lamar so West Coast hip hop thing. I love like, it. I don't know how a brain conceives of that. Yeah, but right. then at the end we are still gonna go boom, and that's how the song ends. <laughs> <laughs> that's just Lin Manuel Miranda in general. Like all yeah. of his shows are like that. I mean, all three. Are there more? Does he have more? This one in the Heights, Twenty One Chump Street. Right. That's that's, that's pretty much all. At least that has yeah, been right. widely right. that's his, received. That's his stuff. And even then, 21 Chump Street, just like... It's like 15 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. yeah I love it. Uh, oh, it's, it's so like good. I do. Anthony think Ramos is in that one, too. Check it out, please. I was in that one once. <laughs> really? <laughs> I did it in high school. Oh, yeah. yes, I did oh. know that. I was you just in. that before. Aw. Wow. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say, I do think that Lynn is the king of, like, exploiting... The musical canon, as vast yeah. as it is, yeah. he is the king of exploiting it for all good reasons. Mm -hmm. Like, stealing little bits and trickets, even from, like, hip-hop to musical theater, and blending them together in the most seamless way possible yeah. that, that an outsider would be like, nah, man, that's not, that's not what's it. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, work together. That, that's crazy. Yeah. And then he's like, like, I'll show, I'll show you, I'll prove it. And then he does it, and he does it with such grace and, like... Like, he just knocks it out of the park, and you're like, well, how can you be so talented? But it's true. Yeah. Right. He, I mean, he pulls lyrics from Modern Major General. And yes. Also, yeah. And, like, musical stings from the last five years while also cool. aping the style of Ja Rule and Ashanti. So right. Cool. Like, that's the show that, like, none of that makes sense. When, when he first did it at the, uh, um. Public. Public. Right. Mm -hmm. And and even before that, when he was doing performances um, at the White, at the White House, House. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and he talked about, like, this is a musical that I'm writing about somebody who truly embodies the spirit of hip-hop, first Secretary of the Treasury, Alexander Hamilton, <laughs> and that get, <laughs> that deservedly gets laughed. Yeah, right? exactly. That's, yeah. That's it's a, a funny sentence. Statement. <laughs> but, like, it takes such a specific brain, yeah. but that specific brain makes it perfectly makes sense yeah like the musical style combined with the storytelling like totally checks out yeah yeah alexander hamilton does kind of embody the spirit of hip-hop in a way yeah and like uh, as you were talking about all the different genres of and all the different um facets of hip-hop and stuff and as someone who has never hip-hop has never ever been my thing it's just not the genre of music I've ever really been affiliated with or 
Like felt this. a super close connection with in my life. I don't really know any of the music that this show draws from. Mm-hmm. And yet, the, it, he's clearly just someone who has such a deep love for music that he has such a deep understanding of what makes every single different aspect of that genre different. Yeah. That even someone who doesn't know that genre at all can still be like, I... I see how this is different and I see how this character's style is differing from this one and how it, what it's saying about these different characters, how Jefferson is different from Hamilton, who's different from Burr, who's different from Washington. And it's just, he's just such a smart composer. Yeah. Say what you want about Lin-Manuel Miranda in any other aspect. He is a extremely intelligent composer. Oh, yeah. And writer. It's crazy. And he really highlights the fact that art and storytelling are one and the same. Yeah, Universal aspects. And so combining those different styles of music also lends to the fact that, like, wait, even Biggie's telling a story in his, like, (laughs) in in what seems (laughs) to be this, like, ridiculously long um, um, rapper, um, a hip-hop song by Emily and R standards, but really... It's just this, it's a masterwork. It's a master yeah. class in musical mm-hmm. theater. And I would argue, I would argue music yeah. in general, just listening to it. Right. And, and this is one of those things like the original draft, he talked about, he was writing a concept album. He was yeah. writing a hip hop concept album about Alexander Hamilton, which is such a nonsense sentence still if it crazy. weren't for yeah. this musical. But that's, even that is like in the style of, hip-hop in general you talk about to pimp a butterfly or mad city like these are concept albums that because that's something that exists in hip-hop right now you know you used to get it in like classic rock um and and you used to get it just a lot more in general the the idea of an album that is designed to tell one coherent story and now it doesn't exist so much but in Mm -mm. hip-hop you still see it a lot yeah there's there's still plenty of using the album to tell an overarching thing. You talk about Chance the Rapper and some of his stuff, uh, coloring pages like that. You talk about Kanye and some of his his albums. They're designed to be a coherent and cohesive thing. Yeah. And obviously album design works like that in any genre, but there's something specific to hip-hop that is I can tell a story, I can explain to you who I am and where I come from over the course of this entire thing even more than individual numbers and that's what this musical started as it started as let me tell a story about someone who i connect with even though we're hundreds of years and culturally incredibly disparate i can still tell a story that matters now about someone from a long time ago through hip-hop what like what and where does that the come from? Whole world care about it, right? <laughs> Everybody care about and it, and make it the biggest thing in the world, and win a Pulitzer Prize, mm-hmm. and like that's the that's what Hamilton is. Yeah. It's crazy to me. It was insane. I remember, uh, kind of on that that same trip to New York I mentioned at the beginning. We also visited a little place called Trinity Church, mm-hmm. which, as they mentioned in the show, is where Alexander Hamilton is buried, as well as Elizabeth Hamilton. Um, there were so many, cause when I visited, it was in the thrall of like, yeah. Hamilton had just hit Broadway. Like it was, 
at least in the theater community, I don't know if it was as big globally as it is right now, now that it's more accessible to the whole world. <laughs> yeah. um, there were, like, notes and art and, like, little tokens that people had left on the graves of both of them that were at that church that... It, it was insane. It was like, this is just... This is some old white guy. This is some, <laughs> This is one of the founding fathers who, yeah. like, arguably wasn't a very good dude. Yeah. But, but this... Mm -hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda's writing made people care so incredibly much about that story and about him that there were people literally going to visit his grave and, like, yeah. going to visit the places he'd been. And I, I mean, just think that's so crazy. Because it was all was young be, people that were there. Yeah. Hamilton was going to be taken off the $10 bill. Yeah. Like, right as this musical started to get big. Probably, sh eh, I don't know, should have, but... Harriet Tubman was going to get put on it, and that was a good idea. Don't put money. That was a really good idea. Don't put any people on money. That too. That's what I would say. That's also a good idea. Because the more we learn about people, the worse they all are. You're right. You're correct. Hey, we need to go to question number two. Probably. Because we're getting lost in the sauce. This is going to be a long one. I feel it. Question number two is a little more open-ended. It's, what are your questions? What in this movie musical made you go hmm what do you want to know more about what spoke to you emily do you have something you want to start us with um i'll start with a simple one why have my parents seen this show and i have not let do you have an answer for me because i would like one no no you know that i don't because my parents saw this show <laughs> twice before i got to see it <laughs> they well, went i've Chicago never seen it zach twice. My parents went to Chicago twice. They saw the first, I think it was the first time they saw it, uh, was with uh, Wayne Brady as Aaron Burr, mm, which was cool. like a production that I specifically cool. thought was really interesting that I would like to see. Very cool. But uh, instead, I was. I didn't know he sang. Matthew, you and I were in rehearsals at the time. Yes, we were. So we did not, I did not get to go on that trip. But I, yeah, I cannot explain that one to you yeah. because uh, the, I was in the same boat. Okay, I'll give you a real one. I'll okay. Give you a real one. It, kind of going on the same, we talked a little bit about pro-shooting shows and making shows accessible and such. Why don't we do this for more shows? Why aren't most, mm. more shows accessible like this? It's definitely becoming more frequent. You know, we've got, back in whatever year that was, we had Legally Blonde that got broadcasted on MTV. We have Newsies, oh, yeah. we have Shrek, we have this one. Our Lord and Savior Cats the Musical um, has been out for a while. Um, <laughs> it sure has. <laughs> it's hey, it's I enjoy cats, and I'll I'll die on that hill. I know you. But do. We, there there's a handful, but it's not a very frequent occurrence. And genuinely, I understand it costs money to do something like this. Mm -hmm. But I don't understand what the like big block is from doing this with more shows. Because why not release it in theaters? Yeah. The, just make them more money. Like it. it Jenya, I'm sure there's, like, corporate and big money producer reasons. I just don't understand them. As a little underling, I don't know. I think the conversation that you're bringing up is a direct tie-in to the big dispute that recently happened, very recently, between mm -hmm. SAG-AFTRA and um, Actors' Equity. Mm -hmm. And how SAG was saying, no, 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 no. Yeah, These actors are... That. If if the, you are recording this production... 
they are under our stipulation. Yeah. You you cannot be paying them this much money. And then Actors Equity is like, no, 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 no. They're under our stipulation because they are actually right. a part of Actors Equity. Um, I mean, it's a live performance, but it's just being recorded. And they were just going back and forth yeah. until yeah. finally they came up with this resolution. But still, nothing is definite. No, and right. I think because we have these... <laughs> I mean, they're, they're mutually working together, but these like polar opposite realms of art right. happening. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that there's going to be a oh lot God. of compromise in it this, which is sad. unfortunate because that, I mean, corporate greed and, um, you know, all, all these legalities around it are hindering people from actually just experiencing the art. Mm-hmm. And that's really all that it comes down to. But it, I really think it's just the legalities of the yeah. situation. Yeah. I think I think the other element is... Actually, the same thing that I'm uh, currently uh, irritated with about movies yeah. um, is that I think it it looks like we may be moving to a version of releasing movies that goes straight to home first. Yes, yeah. right. So, which which very well could be. So HBO Max just announced that mm-hmm. Warner Brothers is releasing all of their 2021 slate on HBO Max at the same time which that it releases crazy. in theaters, which we're in a different world, right? It makes sense that yeah. things are different. However, if you are an HBO Max subscriber, you cannot expect to you cannot be expected to subscribe to that for brand new releases for yeah. Wonder Woman, for Suicide Squad, for um and 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 here's the tie into this for Lin-Manuel Miranda's other famous show in the Heights. In the Heights when yeah. that movie comes out, that's on that slate. I mean, there's a ton of huge movies and then to say that in 2022 you're expected to still pay the same rate to have HBO Max, but now we're not going to do that anymore, I don't think that's going to exist. And I think yeah. that's the same thinking in this case, is that because Broadway runs are so different from the way movies release, because it's open-ended and it stays on as long as people will see it, which is different technically, but movies... Right are essentially the same. As long as people are going to see it, it's going to screen. Mm-hmm. It's just that people don't go see movies nearly as long as they see right. musicals because right. you can see a movie anywhere. But I think it's the same thing. The problem with putting movies in the literal home box office first is that it is going to stop people from seeing it in the theaters. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between the professional recording and the bootleg is that the bootleg, I'm probably still going to go see it in the theater if a professional recording comes out, it is going to discourage a lot of people from going mm. to see it because yeah. I got a high quality video, high quality audio. Like when I watched, when I watched Hades Town, I was like, this is very cool. But also I did miss five minutes because Stacy had to put her camera back in her purse. <laughs> Cause somebody was like, what's and going it was on over an, here? It was like an iPhone from far yeah. away. So the audio wasn't good. Like it could still get better. Right. And, the, you know, there is the audience that will still go see it, even if it's professionally recorded. And if it comes through time, you're still going to see it. Right? But I think there's a big portion of the the um, intersectional audience that mm. is going to have enough of what they want from a recording that they'll say, eh, it's, it's through town, but I can just watch it on Disney Plus instead. Yeah. Because I can watch it. I got a Disney Plus subscription. I could watch Hamilton as many times as I want to watch it for the same amount I'm already paying to watch The Mandalorian. So like, True, 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 true. So it, there's 
there, I think there is that limiting factor of, well, do I need to go spend the extra money to see it live when I'm busy and I don't know if I'm going to have that time and it's expensive mm-hmm. and I can already watch it. Now, I think I am still of the camp that w- one of the things I would push for is that as soon as the Broadway run That's ends, what I was going to say. Recorded, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially for a show that's especially popular. When the Broadway run ends, record it put it out to the world. Yeah. You know? Especially, like, at that point, not just for viewing pleasure, also, as we brought up, like, educational reasons. That can be such a valuable asset to actually be able to see what's going on instead of, like, grainy, bad iPhone Stacy has to hide her phone for five minutes (laughs) in a classroom for theater students and also just students. Right. Do you know how many history teachers are going to play Hamilton in their classes now? And yeah. how useful that's going to be for them? Right. That's in- Do you know how many people would play War and... <laughs> Not War and Peace. It's called Natasha <laughs> Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, which is based on War and Peace. How many literature teachers would play that in class if they I mean, just more released than it? would ask their high schoolers to read War and Peace, that's, that's for fair. sure. That's <laughs> fair. College. College. Let's say collegiate level. Probably even more than that. Because <laughs> it's way easier to watch a musical than it is to read War and Peace. Okay, but... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The no, musical like is only like a chapter of War and true, Peace. But I'm on board with you. Like it's that yeah. it's a better teaching tool both for theater students and just for students. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely on board with that. Yeah. But yeah. I have a question. Yeah, what's up? Um uh, There's a couple things in this show that are on the Disney Plus and in the live version that are not on the recording. That mm-hmm. aren't on the cast recording. Mm-hmm. Why do we think that is? Because one of them is John Lauren's death. The, the When he reads the letter about John right. Lauren's death. Yes. Then there's just a couple little like acting moments. And two of them are Philip and Sue screaming. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's something that just doesn't get replicated in the studio. Yeah. But... But also why? <laughs> yeah. I think because, about the John Especially Lawrence with Hamilton, it's basically listening to Hamilton is... Is watching the show. The entire show. You're listening to the There's entire so show. There's so little of it that's yeah. not included. Yeah, it's... I mean, obviously that's going to be like a Lin-Manuel Miranda decision. Right. He made that decision for whatever reason, whether it's like, oh, we want a couple surprises for people who haven't seen it, or... Other reasons. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. Like, it's... I'm sure there is, like, a very deep, profound reason. Specifically for the screaming, I would assume it would just be, like, out of context and you'd be like... Yeah. Especially the one at the very end, you're like, what? Yeah, so... Because even in context, you're kind of like, ah, she's yeah. screaming. Yeah, so, speaking of which, this was going to be my sub-question here. What do we think the scream at the end is? I think it's the audience. I think she sees the audience. That's per- my personal... Mm-hmm. Take on it. Okay. I've heard several. That is the one I subscribe to. Is that she is seeing the audience that is getting to learn and getting to hear both Alexander's and her story. And that brings her such profound joy that she must scream. That's what I subscribe okay. to. Yeah. And I like that the best. Matthew, what do you think? Personally, I think it's an awful choice. <laughs> I think it is. Um, I, 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 I think that it... I, I love... Um, who, who directed this thing? 
Who, um, oh, Corrin's. who directed? No, no, no. Corrin's did the um, scenic design. Um, um, I, yeah. I see his face, but I... Anyway. Uh-huh. Um, I'll look it up. Um, I mean, I, I think <laughs> that he is a terrific director. And truly, I think there are some seamlessly beautiful moments. Um, do Thomas I th- Kale? Thomas Kale. That's yeah, there him. There it is. Thank you. Um, to quickly go back to your original question, mm-hmm. I think that the reason why a lot of those elements are not in the cast recording is it those moments are a break in action. Mm-hmm. And I think from a yeah. directorial okay. perspective, having them in the album would halt the album. And it, it, again, it, it's from a different mindset. Yeah. There, there's a reason why you don't necessarily have the director of a, of a musical in the recording studio yeah. Yeah. when you're recording. It's like Sondheim. I mean, mm-hmm. Sondheim was, it was heavily like prominent when recording company, let's say. Harold Prince, who directed it, not so much. He could see right. him in the background. Right. Right. Like he, because they're different storytelling mediums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's why we don't see it in the album. But to go back to the original one, I just <laughs> think that the scream. I I want to say that she. I, at first, I thought, well, she's seen Alexander for the first time. Well, mm. no, because yeah. they have that hand touch at the moment mm-hmm. near the end. Right, he just so let like, go of her. Yeah. I, I don't know if they needed, like, if, if they needed that a moment to, like, turn off the light or, like, to blow out the candle. Or, yeah. like, I, I don't know if they yeah. needed that moment. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I need something to... Button. I, yeah, it's I, a button. I need, I need a button. <laughs> it's the I button of the show. Something to like um, bring them to the cliff and just let them stay there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and that's fine if that's the choice that he wanted to make. I personally don't like it, and right. I think it disturbs the moment. That's my thing. Yeah, I, I think get it. that feels like a moment where we should just rise and rise and rise and rise, and then just like let it float away. Like right. to me, it feels very much like. Um, like the end of empty chairs at empty tables where mm-hmm. we could just yeah. like let it resonate. Like you said, Be literally sad. blow the candle out and just sit in it for a second. Cause you know, you're going to get that applause swell there. Mm-hmm. And to me, I, it's another, like you said, I'm sure it's profound and powerful in yeah. Manuel Miranda's mind, but he also has never, he has made a point not to say what it right. is to him, but it is like, it's, been in every performance. It's a part it's of part the script. Of it. It's yeah. baked in that way. But I don't I don't know if I get it because I think to me it's more powerful to go, we've done all of this fast and intense and powerful this whole show. And now we're really like settling into, oh, this is the answer to the question we've been asking. We've yeah. been saying, what does it mean to leave a legacy? What is your legacy going to be? And now we're settling into an answer of this is his legacy. Mm-hmm. This is what it means to have a legacy. This is her legacy. Yeah. And then we could just rest in it for a second. Yeah. Like when Washington talks about resting under their own vine and fig tree, this is our moment to rest in it. And I think there would, I to me, yeah. I would have preferred, let's just Silence. sit in it. Just be quiet. Yeah. And to briefly, I mean, caveat into a, a different subject, in one of the original versions of the show, and you may know this, the center section um, was pulled away, and it, underneath it was a reflecting pool. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I feel, I did not know and, that. and that it was for the final moment. And uh, I mean, toward the end of previews, they cut it and they went back to the original. Personally, I think a beautiful ending moment would have been again me trying to direct Hamilton in my head. Right, you know. <laughs> but 
um, of her looking down in the pool and then looking up at the audience and then calling it blackout uh-huh. and then just like yeah. and just having that simple moment. But I feel like this like that it's it's a horror movie moment that yeah. you're like yeah. what no you killed it Just for me what are you like, afraid of Tommy Kale <laughs> but um but no I mean yeah. I mean props to him you want to keep your audience on the edge and mm-hmm. if, if that was yeah. that's what his goal was to have right. the audience leave with like what did I just see like what what was that final moment like that right. moment where you're talking with people as they're leaving that's fine yeah. I and will say. Pretty much everybody involved in this show is, uh, especially like in its creation, is mm-hmm. probably smarter than me. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. I, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not here to like question. I'm just here to ponder. Yeah. Sure. My one thing with if it is her being like, oh, the audience is seeing Hamilton in my story. My one thing with that is, like, it just feels a little self-congratulatory. Mm. Yeah. Which I think a lot of authors and writers fall prey to a right. little bit. Like, look at how beautiful and impactful this thing I made yeah. is. Which, did you notice, the thing he made is beautiful and impactful. But did you but, notice when he cast himself as Hamilton? Yeah, he like, did It he is did a little self-congratulatory. Which he's a little prone to do. Which, again, I respect him, I respect him, <laughs> I respect him, a, I respect him. He is an author and... Honestly, a genius like yes, that that comes much. with the territory. But it is very much like, oh, look at this. Oh, look at the beautiful thing I did. I'm so smart. Like, yeah. Especially throughout the play, we I mean, several characters break the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they do. But why then? Right. Why do yeah. we have to break the fourth wall at right that moment at when that moment is very reflective? Mm-hmm. And it's and it's us. It's us as an ensemble. To asking the asking the audience a very central, poignant, and human question that's universal, and yet, and, and that that's all that you need to break the fourth wall is just singing that question over and over. Why do you need to take it further? Yeah, right. But who knows? No, oh, yeah. Do we have more questions we want to ask? Did I have more? <laughs> I feel like I've already stepped on Tommy Kale's toes enough. <laughs> I do not want to. I do not want to step on yours at all, especially if you're listening, Tommy. Uh, <laughs> We're sending you direct um, to his personal <laughs> The only other one I had was just, why would anyone ever look down on rap as an art form? Um, mm. That's all. You shouldn't. Uh, uh, it's because of incredible. the inherent cultural context yep. of hip-hop. Yes. yes. I mean, yep. that's historically the issue with yes. this. I mean, I, I have... There, there is a stigma, I think, that hip-hop is like... In some ways, it's like anti-establishment and pro-violence. Right. And and I think there's this misunderstanding because it's not an art form that is advocating for violence. I think more often, it's an art form that is telling stories about the violence that has already been experienced. Exactly. But instead, it becomes this easy, like, these thug rappers who want to gangbang and that kind of... Mm -mm. When that's not... That's what the it essence of the art form is. It's something that comes out of a long tradition that's yes. from a culture that the people who complain about it don't understand. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. as I said, I'm someone who never listened to hip-hop or any... Like, it, it was just never for me. It was never my thing. I'll say I probably looked down on it before I watched Hamilton. And that's another, like, really big thing Hamilton did mm-hmm. was it made people like me, like, look at it and go... Oh no, this is like an incredibly effective way to tell mm-hmm. stories. And this is an incredibly powerful medium. 
in an incredibly powerful art form. And right. I, I respect it so much. Like, I think it's so cool. I could fucking never. <laughs> I could like, never. Old white Most theater of us could never. Old white theater professionals probably before this exactly. had never thought of right. like a K-Dot album mm-hmm. or like Ludacris right. or like that. That's not the best example, but but yeah, but the, like there's such a rich culture to it that Childish Gambino is not somebody that you might accidentally stumble upon if you're like. I thought a producer Cam- of a musical. <laughs> I like, thought Childish Gambino and <laughs> and Donald Glover were two different people until yes, like a year I ago. Yes, I love that for you. So um, <laughs> let me let me. That's where um, I'm coming from. Let me save you from any further embarrassment by Please. asking question number three. Let's do it. And question number three is why are you here? Now there's a lot of people <sighs> to talk about. I want to I want to say <laughs> one thing off the top, and then we'll play our kind of rapid fire. Let's talk about a bunch of people game. Okay. The one thing I I just feel like I need to start with is that. As much as I love him, mm-hmm. it is odd to me that Jonathan Groff is in this musical. Very odd. Right? Very odd. Because the... Just... He just he's, the white guy. He's not know? connected to any of the rest no. of the show. Like, he... We commented on it. It's like, he shows up in a different scene, and it's weird. Right turn. It's Very short turn there. every like, time he shows up. It's a fun moment up. when he's there, but also it's weird. And I just... I think about this show, and I think about... Lin-Manuel Miranda and Anthony Ramos mm-hmm. and Christopher Jackson and Daveed Diggs and Philip Sue and I think of all these people Renee Elise Goldsberry and then at the end I go oh yeah and Jonathan Groff was in that yeah that's right I know the guy from Frozen was in the this the guy from Mindhunter <laughs> was in this <laughs> it's just everyone's like oh yeah Christoph that guy who Frozen. was on Glee for a while was in this <laughs> <laughs> Jesse St. James from Glee was there um, is there anybody else that we feel especially passionate about before we just like start firing off names? I just think Leslie Odom Jr. comes very close to inadvertently becoming the lead of this show several times throughout the show. And I don't know if it's specifically through writing or specifically just because he's that good. His voice is immaculate. Mm-hmm. His acting is immaculate. There are several moments in the show. There's there's a lot of songs in this show where there's a lot of shit going on on the stage. <laughs> and there's quite a few of those. I'm just watching him. I'm just watching Leslie because I'm like, I just want to see what he's doing. Yeah, there I were, know he's going to be doing something cool. There were a few moments throughout watching it tonight that I thought, I would rather Lynn not be in this. I, I would rather yeah. not have Hamilton in this show at all and see what happens. Yeah. And see if... What if we told the story from Burr's perspective, entirely mm-hmm. from Burr, never met Hamilton, yeah, and just saw Burr tell the story? Because truly, honestly, all the other characters are more interesting than Hamilton. Honestly, I hate to say that, but I well, am more interested in this. I, I've said it the first time I saw I saw the show in Chicago. Yeah. I I remember I was like, this is a woman's piece because the women in the show, they Incredible. run the show. Mm-hmm. Incredible. They run Absolutely. the show. And they truly, really do run they this ran, They ran Hamilton's historical life. They right. did. They did. They, they built him. And so that, that's my opinion. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I, I think there's an easy reading of this show just as written that mm-hmm. Aaron Burr is the main character. Oh, yeah. Yes. I've I mean, it's very... the argument. It's very, like... Shakespearean mm-hmm. in that like he has the first line of the show and I think that kind of indicates some of his significance. Yes. And you talk about in the same way 
the the Shakespearean idea of whoever has the last line is the one who wins the show. Yeah. And you talk about that gasp, and that's what gives Eliza the last moment in the show. And I yeah. think it's I don't think it's unreasonable to say that she is the one that, like, the show culminates with. Yeah. Like it, it is She's about the one who her had to deal with all the shit after the fact. Right. And the question we've been asking is one about legacy, and hers is the story that is about the fulfillment of that legacy. Mm-hmm. Hers is sure. the one that's like, we are asking these questions and she was the answer to who tells your story. Mm-hmm. Like the, when we were talking about Alexander Hamilton's story, the person who told it was his wife Yeah. in the end. Yeah. You know? And so you talk about that Shakespearean idea of the person who was the most significant, the person who wins is the person with the last line, mm-hmm. the last word. And it's her, but the person with the first word is, Aaron Burr. Yeah. The beginning of the show, and that was a specific change in between the like the early drafts and somewhere in previews and in, in the official like debut of the show that was sung by Hamilton in the first version of that song, and the first yeah. performance of by Lynn at the White House is him doing it as Alexander Hamilton singing about himself. Yep. And then as it progressed, it became this, well, what if somebody else is talking about him? What if a friend and an enemy is the one so telling cool. his story? And when you're so asking cool. about who tells your story at the end, I think the people, the pe- we don't tell our own stories. The people that tell our stories are the yeah. people that we are around. And unless you do something significant enough for it to be written down, the people who tell your story are the people you spend time with. Yeah. So when the whole show centers around who tells your story... I don't think it's unreasonable to say Aaron Burr is the main character because he's the answer to that question. Who told his story? Aaron Burr. Yeah. And that also might be why a lot of the most interesting songs in the show are people talking about him instead of any song where he, where he is actually singing himself. Yeah. And that is not any sort of dig on Lynn. That's just like, that's... Aaron Burr's songs are just significantly more interesting to listen to. They're yeah. significantly more... I think they're better written... Personally, yeah. Um, both his and as well as Angelica and Eliza and basically every other character, like they yeah. just carry the show that happens to have like this pivot point that is him. Uh huh. Yeah, it's just ah, I just love it so much. I love Leslie Odom Jr. I met him once and I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I met Leslie Odom Jr. Anthony. I mean, I I, I say I say met I say met. I have a video of me just street. going of me just going. Oh my God, Leslie, you're so talented! And then I, in the video, I have him looking up at my camera and going, "Thank you so much." And then he walked away, and I was like, "Oh my God, I just met Leslie Odom Jr." <laughs> yeah, that counts. That counts. Yeah, right? that counts. Hey, let's talk so. about some more people that are in this show. I just want to give us a couple names that we can we can play a little speed round game. Okay. Yes. Um. Christopher Jackson. Beautiful voice. What a, Incredible. What a great voice. And he's one that I In the wait, Heights, he was amazing. He's one of the few that I'm like, I'm waiting for you to sing and stop rapping a little bit. It, like the only, only person in the whole show. I'm like, I please sing more? Yeah. Please? Because everybody I, that raps, for the most part, it's like, oh, this is also great. Right. But with him, I'm like, but your voice. But I need you to but sing. But I want again. your voice so bad. Um, speaking so of people good. that I sort of feel the opposite about, David Diggs. Mm-hmm. What, it, uh, rapping is what he does. I mean, yeah, he he came, he, like, he just he had a career a in hip-hop. If yeah. you haven't listened to any clipping, 
listen Incredible. to clipping. It's, it's so good. It's like crazy. I, I I love it, and I also can't fathom how it's possible. Yeah, because it's so good. The he, that's a great example of like storytelling through hip hop, mm-hmm. while also being just the like technically proficient thing that he has made it quite clear he can do yeah. very well, like Ooh, at yes. the highest level. Because if you want to talk about technical proficiency in this show, especially with the style of this show, it's mm. him. Davi Diggs. I mean, 1, he is the one that is asked to do all the hard work. He has the the fastest lines, the two fastest lines in the history of Broadway musicals. Yeah. And he does them both with an absurd French accent. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Like, let's just add that extra it's ridiculous insane. layer onto the yes. top of it. And so one of them good. was something he ad-libbed during a rehearsal that they just... Yeah! Like, <laughs> and he just incredible. has this inherent just like swagger and everything that he does. He's just so fun. He's so yeah. fun to watch. I love him so much. I think act two, I think by virtue of being an act two of a musical in yeah. general, but also just the way the story is told can get bogged down at certain moments in the like dour and sad stuff that happens For later sure. in his life. The scandal and death and that sort of thing. And every time you think, oh, we're sitting in this too long, the next song starts with Thomas Jefferson just, like, striding in, having a great uh, time. And he's the one that, purple like, jacket. he keeps that show alive. Yeah, he does. Act. He it's really so does. Good. It's so I great. Oh, I love him so much. Um, speaking of uh, people that are in this show, let's talk about Anthony Ramos. I... I'd risk it all for that specific, man. Uh, but I respect Jasmine Cephas Jones too much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's good of you. <laughs> um, and as I was watching it, I really think that Anthony Ramos should have played Hamilton. I think so oh, too. Yeah. I think I think oh, when, yeah. they, when However, they make the movie inevitably, yeah, oh yeah, he's gonna do. It. He's he will gonna, eventually yeah. play it. However, there are a few moments when you just look in his eyes as um, John Lawrence and yeah. as the son, and you think. There's just a glow mm-hmm. there the youth that, and the, I, that I really yeah. that I think would I think would add to Hamilton at the beginning of the show, but it would not serve him yeah, well. Be right, it would detract work. from the like being bogged down in his life and the yes. responsibility and not knowing how to get the through it. It would a little and, bit. Yeah, I. That's pretty much exactly why I am very excited to see In the Heights when it comes out. Absolutely, he's gonna be incredible. It's it, I mean. Lynn has talked publicly about seeing him as like a little brother figure, like yeah. the, like they are so similar. Yes. Just that mm-hmm. Anthony Ramos has a beautiful singing voice. Yes, and I think that's a perfect. Like I can't wait to see him. There was this do one. That. I think it was a tweet that Lynn Manuel Miranda. It was about Anthony Ramos playing um, Usnavi. Yeah, is that his name? Yes, because it's U.S. It's Navy that he reads on a ship, and he thinks oh, his yeah. parents think Usnavi. Usnavi. I love that show. Um. He, like, said at one point, watching Anthony Ramos play Usnavi is, like, giving a pair of old tap shoes to my son and finding out that they fit him better than they ever fit me. And, like, oh. that made me cry. I cried about it. That's it was so beautiful. He's and I, and I love gonna... that he can understand that. That he yeah. can be like, this is... I, it, it turns out... I thought I was writing this for me, but it turns out I wasn't. Yeah. I, it's for you. It's for, which at the end of the day, I think is what Lin-Manuel Miranda, as much as he puts himself into his own work, I think that is his goal at the end of the day is Mm -hmm. he's made it very clear. He's like, there aren't enough roles for people of color in musical theater that are prominent and meaningful, Right. which is absolutely correct. And so he was like, so I decided I'm going to go and write them. 
Right. And good on him. You wrote it. You get to put yourself in it. Sure. Fair. It's sure going to explode his whole heart when we make a Hamilton movie someday and it stars Anthony Ramos. I know. <laughs> I know. It's going to be um, so good. I'm looking at the uh, the clock on this episode yeah. and I'm realizing how long we've been recording. So are there any other names we specifically want to make sure we touch in this section? Renee Lee Goldsberry. What a gem. Incredible. I mean, just, just... Satisfied alone. Just like note perfect. Just, Every time. And and the Incredible. contrast between her and Philippa Sue is so like clear yeah. and poignant mm-hmm. just the reserved nature of Philippa Sue the you can see it in their facial performance just the I'm going to be still yeah. and and like quiet right but also have this power while Angelica is this like boisterous and loud mm-hmm. and yeah. even like the way that they're both singing Philippa is very like technical and mm-hmm. it's very it's so smooth like the breath is so smooth yeah. and a- Angelica is not that she's very muscular the whole show and you could there are moments when I watch and I go oh sweetheart don't hurt yourself ah! <laughs> yeah but she but she's she, a professional she, knows she, what she's doing. she knows how yeah. to do it everyone has that one moment in a musical theater show that you go to see, like, I'm paying money to see this number. Uh-huh. And, and it's satisfied. That, it's satisfied for it's me. Satisfied. And it was satisfied when I saw it in Chicago, and it will forever be, because Renee yeah. Elise Goldsberry, I'm a Her arc, Angelica's arc in this show, it's a subplot. Yes, yeah. it is. And it is so solid. It is insane how solid it it's is. solid for... and subtle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the same, like, the acting, is, the little moments that mm-hmm. she and Angel. Alexander have like just throughout are just mm. so poignant and so specific. It's so good. You catch new things almost every time you watch it. I recommend watching this more than once. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> ah. um, we need to give uh, one more bit of credit before we move on to our next question. Um, that is because this is a musical, a thing we don't get to talk about all the time, is choreography. Oh, absolutely. And boy, oh boy, did Andy Blankenbuehler go hard. He went hard in this show. Not only is it like very visually engaging to watch, which is, in essence, the goal of choreography. Yeah. You're telling a story, you're making it visual, but it's innovative. It's yeah. a version of choreography that like doesn't really oh, exist so anywhere Somehow else. all of it feels so simple. Yeah, it's very simple. Yeah, but it all is just so... It, I can't... I don't even know the words for it. Like, it's just it's so engaging. It's not technical engaging. at all. It's no. not technical, but it's very specific. Yes. And it's very pointed. Mm-hmm. And it's very powerful. Every move is so intentional, but it is designed to mm-hmm. tell the story. But in the same way that the music is different from what you're used to seeing on Broadway, right. the choreography is different yes. from what you're used to seeing in musical theater because it is based out of a different world. Right. It's, it's based somewhere genre. that is not, it's not jazz. It's no. not anything classical. It You're not catching, you know, the classic steps that you're, like the codified steps you're expecting to see. Instead, you're getting something that's more freeform and flowing while while being designed in such a way to use the stage elements and and really speak to the story that they're telling. It's so good. I love it. And the ensemble just carries it in their body so effortlessly. It almost feels like as they were making the show, 
he was like, let's do this modern movement exercise. And, <laughs> and let's, let's just do it. Uh-huh. And then he was like, you did that? Keep it. Keep let's it. just do just that. Just do it. Over and over and over do again. Do it again. <laughs> and I'm well, like, oh, well, if that works for you, hope then. Hope you remembered everything you just made up because we're keeping it forever. It's like when we used to do like the efforts in choreography oh my God, classes. Yes. Or like yeah, yeah, flocking. Yeah. Do y'all remember flocking? Oh, I do. I remember flocking. <laughs> I remember flocking. <laughs> it's like if that became the choreography. Yeah. And it works so well. It's really good. I think we need to go to question number four. Let's do it. Question number four, inspired by a listener like you. And if you think you can do something to inspire us, if you want to tell us about your opinions about this show, if there's another musical, a recording of a musical that you think we should mm-hmm. watch that would be a, a good time, you can hit us up at wdwjwpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on the socials at wdwjwpodcast. We're on Facebook as What Did We Just Watch with a question mark at the end of it. Also, pop on into your podcatcher of choice, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. Right now. Do it right now. You're probably already in it because you're listening to the show. Do it. Uh, just drop us a little rate and review. Uh, it'd be really uh, fun for us to know what you think. So easy. Uh, and it. it just, you know, it'll make our heads bigger and we need that <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but question number four is what kind of person plays this on a first date? Now, I, I, don't, like I don't I don't <laughs> I don't know if this is going to make me popular. I don't know if I think it's a good choice. I get it. I get it. I get it. I would, but I understand that it might I not be the best choice. The, so it's the good screening for me. F- fair. So the way we've kind of designed this question in general is like this might be good for me, but is right. it good for everyone? No. If I'm do like if I'm doing a, hey, we're both people who enjoy theater. Mm -hmm. Let's hang out. We go watch Hamilton. Perfect. That's fun. If I'm doing a, hey, you're a person that I have met recently and would like to get to know better. Would you like to come over and watch a musical that I'll be too obsessive about and will probably sing along most of the time? I will scare you away almost certainly. That's the problem, you see. Do you want to see all my merch? <laughs> I have a playbill signed by Lin Manuel Miranda. Do you want to see it? After this, we can listen to the mixtape, and I can tell you how I, I feel have about the hat. that too. <laughs> I have the hat. Of course, you have the I hat. I do. It's right here. Hey, you know we're you know this is a podcast, right? Yeah. I don't see you. I got the hat. Take I'll take a hat. picture. It's yeah, fine. make that a reference. I'll put it on the Instagram. You've earned that. Thank you. If if some if somebody were to ask me out on a date and they were to say. And first of all, they would know that I'm a theater person before they even take yeah, me on Yeah, like, this is not... But then then they say, hey, I was gonna, I was gonna buy you tickets to this musical, but, but <laughs> they were sold out, and the only place that we could watch it is on Disney+, Plus. so I thought that we could have drinks, and um, we could come, you can come over, and we can watch it. It's Hamilton. I'd say, mmm, hold on. You, I, th- like, th- this is, this is a consolation, right? Going back to the uh-huh, consolation right, prize. Right, right, right. No, 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 You can afford me. If you can afford me, <laughs> yes! you can afford tickets to Hamilton. Absolutely. So I feel like this is, I feel like if you're watching Disney Plus Hamilton on a first date or even on any date, ooh, honey, especially if you're like mm-hmm. third, like third, fourth, fifth date in, <laughs> no, you gotta pay for that shit. Pay for like, it. You gotta pay for it. Uh-huh. Run me my so we've talked a number of times about how eventually any Everything movie is going to be fine, right? Sure. Yeah. You get comfortable. You're in a like yeah. a relationship, right? Watch a movie. It's all fine. It doesn't matter what it is. Have fun. Mm-hmm. I think this is 
you're yes, I agree because Hamilton making the choice to do Hamilton on a first date, while it shows me that like, yeah, you know I'm a theater person. And you thought here's a theater thing, have fun. Aww. It also shows me that like. We are not on the same page yeah, about what is, a Yeah, this is the one thing you've heard of. This is like <laughs> the it. one baseline. And I, I will Which appreciate... Which like is cute. And right, like, I appreciate the attempt. You're trying. Yeah. But then, yeah. I, then I have... Which is worth something. I don't. I just don't think it's going to be a good look for me on a date because I get... W- this podcast is already like over an hour long. Is it already? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's my birthday. We can do what I want. This is Emily's fault. It's her birthday. But like... Obviously, I can get too long-winded about this kind of thing. So I don't yeah. think it's going to be a good look for me to make the choice oh, because I'll get too like invested in it unless I already know that the other person is on the same page, right? Right. So that I'm not willing to give it my stamp of approval because we give the seal of approval to shows that we think are universally a good idea. Yeah. Right. And in this case, I don't think I could say that it's universally a good idea as much as I do love Hamilton. Also, there's a lot of infidelity in the plot, which we have discussed before, is a bad <laughs> idea. Like yeah. A lot we, of infidelity in the plot, bad sign. Our, no. I, think, I think our three rules that we've decided on that are, we, you, <laughs> the movie gets an automatic no, is if the movie has infidelity, yeah. if the movie's lead couple is too perfect, uh, yeah. which is why we said no to Wonder Woman, because it just... Too, mm-hmm. Two way too beautiful too people. Because it's like it's like going on a first date with your friends who just got married three weeks ago yeah. and they're perfect mm-hmm. and happy and yeah. that's not what you want. The other one is no boobs. No boobs. If you see boobs in the movie, it's not a first date movie. Because <laughs> Hamilton beats that one. Hamilton gets that one. And, yeah. I, it, it's and there's no perfect couples, too, so that too one beautiful. works too. So, but there is infidelity, which is a problem. Um and there is just also my All own... the nonsense of, I'm just going to be crazy yeah. <laughs> if we want. I'm going to go feral. The <laughs> problem of just being too invested in the thing, which as much as I enjoy it, I think I would become too invested in, I want to talk about the nuance yeah. of it. And How do you feel? Yeah. I, I will say this. If whoever is listening, if, if we ever do go on a date... And I, I will say this too. If you are a theater person and you and you show this to me, um, thank you next. If you are yeah, if you are it. not, yeah. then I will have a lot of teaching to do. Because yeah. that, that, yeah, that's, that that's just part of me. Yeah. So and that's okay. I'm willing to teach for something that's good. But you have to offer something good in return. That's if right. we're gonna say Let it be. Oh my gosh, look at how many record. buttons Lynn Manuel Miranda uses and you go, What's a button? Ugh! I don't know. We're gonna have to discuss things. <laughs> oh, yes. there's so much to I'm learn. gonna get really deep into talking about East Coast versus West Coast <laughs> here and also into talking about how everything is symbolic of the history of musical theater at large. Right. If you can't be okay with that, we're gonna have a problem. Problem. It's an issue. Now, I think I think we agree. While there are maybe some scenarios where it works, it's maybe no. it's not the one. Unfortunately. Maybe it's not the one. So let's go to question number five. And question mm-hmm. number five is, could someone else have done better? No one else could have written this show. No. We have to start there. No one else no. could have written this show. In I also 10 years, think... Anthony Ramos could be a better yes. Hamilton. Anthony Ramos will eventually be, I think, the like definitive but, Hamilton. I think that... Again, that is not to say Lin-Manuel Miranda is bad. It's just right. he is not... 
the best. No, and and he, this only you know? exists because he could do it. Right, and he wrote it, and again, he has every right to put himself in his own work. Absolutely, 100%. Can I take a different spin on the question? Yeah, go. Please do. If this movie was made into an actual movie version... Good point. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of two directors who could potentially direct it. Okay. I love the it. first one that came to mind was Tom Hopper, who did the original Les Mis uh-huh. um, with Hugh Jackman, uh-huh. and who also unfortunately uh-huh. directed unfortunately. the um, 2019 Cats. Yeah. Um, but another person <laughs> that came to mind who has done a famous, famous historical piece, mm-hmm. um, who which is brilliant, um, was Steven Spielberg, who directed uh, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Oh, and okay. I felt like that piece was grounded, subtle, true, and I, I, I and I know that he is directing the new West Side Story. Yep. Oh, which is he? he? That is. was exactly I what I was going to talk him. about. Spielberg so, would have been my pick can, for a movie too. Can, can he do this? But at the same time, Thomas Hopper might have the theatricality that yeah. that I'm thinking about Les Mis in that same mm-hmm. realm. Okay. That you need that like that cameo shot where or that helicopter shot where you know goes away from yeah. Jean Valjean. You have the same one that goes away from Hamilton at the end right. of my shot. My yeah. one you know? problem with Tom Hopper. Is he, when he directs musicals, and I think this is true for both Les Mis and Cats, um, he's very afraid of musicals for some reason. He keeps directing them, but he seems afraid of them. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I like, he kind of wishes every musical he directs wasn't a musical. Yeah. Like, I really didn't like the live singing that he... Thing <laughs> he did the for Les Mis. Les Mis. Thing, yes. I didn't like it... Um, Especially if you're not going to hire professional singers. Right. I mean, Hugh Jackman, but other than him. But what, it just... I mean, Samantha Barks. And all of the, <laughs> the like, really gritty, close-up, uber-realism thing he really was interested in doing. Yeah. I just really think... He just wanted it to be anything that wasn't a musical. He right. didn't want to lean into it. I think musicals that get turned into movie movies really need to lean into stylism if mm. they have... A chance. Right. And I th- I always want... When... And stylism, stylism means different things depending right. on what you're talking about. But I always want... Yeah. When a musical becomes a movie, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm on the same page with you. I, when, when he did Les Mis, it was how can we make it seem real? A musical can never seem real because no. inherently part of it is that people sing the whole. That's time. the whole right. point. I will. I always want a movie musical to lean into like the magical realism, mm-hmm. where it's like we'll do people who are giving performances, but they're gonna sing. So let's see what that might be like. And I think the perfect example of that is La La Land, which is why if I'm pitching okay. a director, I'm pitching Damien Chazelle. Mm. Okay. Because La La Land, I think, is the perfect example, even though it's not an adaptation, it still understands we're doing a musical, so when songs hit, let's make it magical. Let's make them dance through the sky in the observatory, and we don't have to explain exactly what was happening. Let's just let it be magical. Yeah, I like Because that. even in something that is gritty and and dirtier like this there's still it's a story about the founding fathers told through hip-hop it's gotta be something that's not real because that will never come off as realistic right even if you do period accurate costuming and you do period accurate you know props and, and storytelling <laughs> in the end that's my in the end like 
Hamilton is still going to go, as long as I'm alive, alive, I swear to God, I never feel... Like, that's going to happen. Yeah. No matter how period accurate The founding fathers with rap music. So lean into something different. It's not going to be serious. It's not going to be... Exactly. Exactly. It's got to be a little goofy. Yeah. I don't don't think I'm going to be able to, like, take somebody from this and go, well, what if this person was better? Yeah, no. I don't think. Because, I mean, there are... People on like the mixtape that I think would be interesting to talk about. Usher mm. as um, Aaron Burr. Just the roots. Keep them in there somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just keep them in there. Um, you have the the mixtape reunited Ashanti and Ja Rule after yeah. a long time, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you all know, that's like kind of Crazy. a big deal. Yeah, no. <laughs> and like, I don't know a lot, but I know that. I know that. <laughs> there's something in, the, in my brain that goes, huh, Ja Rule as Hamilton might be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything yeah. for it. Could be fun, though. Could be fun. Could be a good time. I also... I. I would really like to see a Spanish language version of this show because yeah. there's a couple things on the mixtape that are Spanish Third. language mm-hmm. and it that makes cool. that like intricacy of dialogue. I think even more interesting. I don't, this is, I'm, this is not going to make sense and maybe it's going to sound like pandering. I don't think the English language like sounds particularly nice. I think we have oh, to no, work to make it, it sound either. nice. Whereas like romance language, I, th- I think inherently sounds nicer. Yeah. And I think it would be really interesting to see like what a Spanish language version of the show is like. That'd be. Fun. I don't know that I'll ever get to see that, <laughs> but I think it'd be very cool. No, yeah, I say yeah, I get you. Yeah, that's really. I don't have anybody. I. No. <laughs> no. Now, now I want to. We're gonna go to question number six. Okay. Okay. Question number six. We're going to have to... Now, here's the thing. The question is, would this be better as a musical? Now, I don't know if you guys noticed, but we watched Hamilton. Uh, it's already a musical, so I'm gonna, what? I want to flip it on its head. Okay. Okay. I want to take it real simple. Would this be better if it wasn't a musical? Right. Would it be better if we flipped it back the other direction and we said, what if we just make it a movie? God, we no. We make it a period piece. God, no. no. I think the answer is clearly no. God, no. That's now, politics no. and the founding right. fathers and You're it. losing all of the, like, fun stuff and the, like... And it invalidates everything we've been talking about for right. the past right. hour exactly. and 15 minutes. Right, exactly, 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 exactly. <laughs> it, no. There's, I have a couple big problems with it. One is that if we just, if we take all of the, like, musical stuff out of it, then it becomes really obvious that we've ignored some of the, like, flaws in these characters right we've ignored right. the fact that they are the founding fathers if we're just making a period piece we've right that doesn't it, this doesn't work as just a mm-hmm. period piece no the other thing is it really like makes it obvious the stuff that like lynn manuel miranda just chose to leave out of the story like right they they go to a, the duel at the end of the show it's not based in history it wasn't based on the presidential race it was based on the gubernatorial race in New York Mm -hmm. that Aaron Burr lost because of Hamilton's uh, lack of endorsement of him. Right. Because he was a, he was a federalist. Burr was a federalist and, and said that the federalist party was moving towards the new England States becoming their own separate Confederacy. And there was like a subset that he was involved in that said we should move away and Hamilton was the high federalist and said, no, we're not doing that. Right. And the, like that essentially lost him the governor's seat. And that's why they went to a duel, which you don't necessarily need Just, for the story yeah, as it's told. No. But if you're making it into something that isn't a musical, you go, no. well, that's not what happened. 
That's not why that happened. No. And I think it it makes it a lot easier to kind of gloss over the story things that aren't accurate yeah. to real life. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know. The, then you lose all of the hip-hop influence. You right. lose all of the... All of the cultural implications that that brings to it, it just loses everything. And that means you'd probably end up having to cast a bunch of white people instead. <laughs> Which inherently is going to be more boring. Yeah, that's just, it just is a period piece of it. Yeah, it's or you don't, piece. and you bring up the major debate that's been sparked, especially with the resurgence of Black Lives Matter, um, and oddly enough, soon, quick, shortly after that, Hamilton came out Mm -hmm. the fact that why are black actors and actresses playing slave holders? Yeah. Right. And you go down a rabbit hole that's not very, that's not very politically correct, nor is it, nor nor is it very good. Just plain. Yeah. It's very good. It's just, no. (laughs) No. No. Yeah. No, no, no. No. no, It does. It's a musical and it should stay that way. Yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that, can, does that count as giving it our stamp of approval that it would be better as a musical yep. because it yep. is a musical uh-huh. Post is paid, set it <laughs> that counts well okay that's that's a definitive answer on that yeah. one so let's move to question number seven <laughs> and question number seven is what do you rate this film um i'll just jump right into it yeah um, do it this is a, it's a really good film it's a really good musical it's a really good film so i've decided to give it i can't i hate you're gonna hate this i've decided to give it 17. 17. Out of 18. Because it's really good. And you know what? I hated doing it, but I was worth it for the bit. (laughs) Matthew, do you want to give your rating here? Okay. When I originally saw it in Chicago, it was underwhelming to me. Mm. I I have to say, it was underwhelming. I left and I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. This is fantastic. But it was underwhelming Mm -hmm. because I had built up such a hype in my mind, such great expectation for what I was about to witness, and it was fantastic, and there were great moments, but it wasn't the original cast. Right. Yeah. It wasn't that expectation that I had seen in all the YouTube clips that I had scoured (laughs) and had been repeating over and over in my head. And so having seen this version, I... It was a little underwhelming as well mm-hmm. because I had this previous entity of what the show was in my head from Chicago, yeah. Um, which I mean had had a fan, I mean had a fantastic cast, including Montego Glover in as Angelica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh my gosh, mm-hmm. and so you're like, okay, I have this vision of what it is in my head, and for and I'm seeing it from a singular viewpoint, you know, from just right. being in the audience in one seat. But this one was kind of the same way. Yeah. It just felt a little lackluster and a little bit... I mean, it was fantastic and there are amazing performances and I am not discrediting the director or any of the work that any of them have done. It's remarkable and it's groundbreaking for various reasons. But for me, it just felt underwhelming. As a mm. person who um, loves live theater and loves that feeling of being of sitting in right. that seat and feeling the same energy as others... It was like, oh, this is awesome, but solid B plus for me. 
All right. B plus. All right, Solid B plus. B plus. It's a passing yeah. grade. It may not be exemplary, but it's a passing it's grade. It's a passing, passing grade. grade. Yeah. It does a lot, even if it doesn't necessarily do what we wanted to do hey, as absolutely. like D's get degrees. That's, That's right. a B plus. B plus. That's right. still pretty good. That's right. overachieving if you're yeah. a college student. <laughs> if you're specifically me in college. Yep. But hey, you're almost done. Almost hey, speaking done. of people who are almost done with college. Hey, what's up? Emily. What did you rate this film? Mine is, I got especially mad at you just now because I got really close, I got really scared you were going to rate it the same thing I did. Uh, because I rated this, okay, while I watch this, you get a little bit of, a little bit of euphoria and like, oh god, I miss live theater, but also the depression of, oh god, I miss live theater. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I rated this 1776 out of 2016, Ooh. which those years and every year in between for all years, we did not have the coronavirus keeping us from <laughs> seeing and participating in live theater. So an excellent that point. any year between those would be a good score. An excellent so. point. <laughs> uh, that's a hey, that was a that's a good time. Yeah, it was. It's a really good time. It's um, a good birthday. And before we before we wrap up, um, we gotta get to question number eight. Yeah, what are we doing? Question number eight. Is what are we gonna watch next week? What are you doing? What are you doing? I what are we doing, Zach? This was your pick. This uh, as as the surprising the as birthday, it may be, this was this was all me. The birthday person. Um, next week is mine. Yeah. And next week will be our third episode in December. I know. And, and we, we haven't, haven't touched haven't, Christmas. We haven't <laughs> even talked about Christmas. <laughs> so it's time. Yeah. I there's now that still leaves a lot of cards on the table. There's yeah, so many Christmas things out there. Do we you can, see me squinting my eyes at you. <laughs> <laughs> we I'm can nervous. do like. We could do classics. We could do new stuff. We could mm-hmm. do great. We could do bad. Mm-hmm. I want to do divisive. Okay. <laughs> oh no, Zach. I want to do. I want to do. Zach. Is this a good movie? Oh, okay, it's not what I thought. I want to do Love Actually. Okay. Uh, uh huh. That is the reaction I wanted. I have never seen Love Actually. <laughs> uh, I want to watch it. I've never seen makes it. People go. Oh. Huh? Is that good? Oh, I don't know. Okay. And that's, I want that to be one of our questions. Is, was that good? Uh, was that good? <laughs> Reese Witherspoon, right? Did we enjoy um, that? A ton of people. Is that the one with Reese the... Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn, right? The postcards? Yeah. Um, yes. Okay, so good. Okay, one, I'm thinking of the right oh, I've never Christmases. seen it. Yes. Never mind. You're thinking of Four Christmases. This is... Oh. This is Christmases. Bill Nye. This is Andrew oh. Lincoln. This, uh. I mean, this is a ton of people. It's that, like... It's yeah. all the disparate storylines coming together uh-huh. around Christmas. I can't wait. Um, yeah. Huh. A, a movie that I still sometimes ask, was that good? And I've seen it a few times, and I still go, was that good? I'm going to find out if I think it's but good. But next week, we'll we'll put a definitive answer oh on, gosh, was that good? So We're going to decide once and for all. That's so much pressure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Matthew, thanks Let's for joining us yeah. on this episode. Thank you for this having so me. I'm so, a, I'm so appreciative that you asked me. It was a ton of fun you. having you around. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. one of these days we'll have you back on. Mm. Yeah, we will. Maybe For even sure. like talk about something that isn't musical theater. Like, you don't have to talk about musical theater when no, you come on this show. We would love to have you talk about. Or we just do else. newsy. We just go down, line, down the line of every like. <laughs> we start doing bootlegs. Funny. We're just gonna. Re- this is our review of the waitress bootleg, <laughs> <laughs> which on YouTube is titled. I wouldn't know this, but on YouTube is titled "Sad and Pregnant: The Musical." That's okay. I watched Hades Has a Town four times. So. <laughs> 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 Next time, 
you let me know you if there's a movie that you feel strongly mm. about. Mm. Well, you hit me mm-hmm. up and, and maybe I'll get to surprise Emily with. I know, I know. I walked in today not knowing that we were having a guest. <laughs> and I said, "Look." One way or another, you know, we got to we got to add a new opinion to asking our most important questions, mm-hmm. and and truly, poignantly, the most important question of all. Um, which, if you haven't picked up on it yet, we did name our show the most important <laughs> question. It's, it's what, what did we, we just watch? watch? What did we just watch? <laughs> I try. I did have a Excuse me, babe, can I get by? And I said, ha ha ha!